0: Okay, this week's episode of the Couch Guy Sports Podcast. Me, Nick Qualia, Al Nahegan, no Jared again, but you know it's, he's got a lot of construction going on at his, at his house right now. So we'll give him the pass for this moment. We'll give him the pass for right now. The guys had it sounds like everything for God's house. I don't know if this guy's doing a whole fucking remodel. <laughs> But he's had everything ripped out of his house.
1: From what he's told me, because I've tried to get him to record into has the triangle. He on, has he been on your show the past couple weeks? No. he No. I've asked him several times, do you want to record? And he has said the same thing. He said, you know, house doing renovations. Like, it sucks. It's crap. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. Well, I'm not going to get mad at you because you're trying
0: to, you know, remake your home. So when your baby girl comes in, she's comfortable. So. I like, But I just want to know what the hell they're doing. Because this is re- <laughs> rebuilt. It, it feels like, like it's gone on forever. It seems, it's been like three weeks. I think this guy hasn't lived in his house in three weeks. How, how does he live? Like, how does he like make food for himself? Is my he question. Just, he just got back in the house yesterday. Oh
1: god, poor. I'm actually I'm not even gonna say poor guy, but like that's tough to have to try to maneuver your way around your house with all that stuff going on. It's it's brutal.
0: Yeah. So uh, show obviously back on Skype. For right now, so the last show, by the way, for all the new listeners, for all the new watchers, what's up, guys? Thank you for jumping on. That last video that we had on YouTube, over 1,200 views. Pretty good. Which is solid as fuck. The numbers jumped up huge at the last high-quality production. We want to keep doing that, but we have to find a sponsor who's going to be paying, who would help us pay for the production. Every month we've got plenty to offer. We've got, I've got a, I've got a big old sales pitch ready and we might have one that I'm very excited to bring on if we can bring them on. So we might be back in the studio, but for right now we're going to be doing this Skype version uh, until further notice. But I want to get back in that studio. We'll bring Al back in the studio, the studio podcast. So I will say this is an outside perspective. So spoiler alert,
1: Quags actually texted me and said, Hey, do you want to jump on with Jared and I in the studio?
0: I, I couldn't. Third th- chair would have been great. Oh, I would have been perfect. No, you, Jared, and I would have been a great trio, especially it, in person. It changes. It changes everything. Oh yeah, in for person sure.
1: Changes everything. For sure. And the thing was was like seeing the videos and seeing how you guys like had fun. You had the Couch Guy Sports Podcast uh, logo up on the screen. Like yeah. it, it looked good. Like from an outs- outside perspective, it looked really good and fun to be a part of.
0: Shout out to the guys at Focus Forward Media. We're going to get back in there. We just got to get a sponsor. We, I'm telling you, I think we got the sponsor. But, again, right now, back on Skype, Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 145. Let's roll into the weekly dump. Which, out. Yes, you know it's presented by. It's presented by Seated Baby. Seated, Seated. We've been partners with them for a little bit. Seated is a fast-growing mobile app that allows restaurant goers to earn rewards and gift cards simply for making reservations through the app. Seated is currently available in the following cities: New York, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and is soon coming to San Francisco. People shit on San Francisco. For, let me let me bring this up. I have mentioned multiple times I don't know why over the past 2 months this has come up a couple times I love San Francisco I went to San Francisco once it was my fa- I think it might have been my favorite place I've been to in America it my, was my great
1: my girlfriends in San Francisco right now and she told me it's great everything about it's
0: great she she loves it and I'm sure I don't know why San Francisco gets that rep it's cuz of all the homeless people but San Francisco, phenomenal place. Once this app gets there, even better. Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Houston, Miami, Austin, Denver, Providence, which is near us, and Seattle, which means, guys, more and more opportunities for reservations and rewards. Click the link in the description below, sign up, and book your table in some of the hottest restaurants in Boston. That's below here in iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, however you're watching this. Again, new fans, guys, you have to do this. It's a phenomenal app. We've gotten great, great feedback on it. Sign up, book your table in some of the hottest restaurants in Boston, helping not only us, but you guys for getting rewarded just for reserving a table. All right, now into the weekly dump. I wanted to keep this one kind of short. This is just the the hot news of the week, semi hot pew, pew, news of the week. Pew, 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 Cuz pew, we pew. got we got there's 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 a lot to talk about this week. Especially just with the stupidity around MLB right now. The stupidity uh, I, look, in Major League Baseball, rain it in. We we got time. We got plenty of time. Rain it in. Rain it in. All right, first Red Sox sign. I like this move. Veteran catcher Jonathan Lookroy. first reported by Chris Cotillo of masslive.com. Uh, the Red Sox also signed Kevin Pilar, another veteran that I am big fan of. Kevin Pilar, I am so happy the Red Sox brought this guy in. Love him defensively. How can you not? And he's he's another Jackie Bradley, which is a whole separate discussion. But Kevin Pilar defensively, like he's one of these guys I've watched for years, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is unreal defensively.
1: And not only that, what is the one really good thing about Kevin Pilar that he adds to this Red Sox outfield they didn't have before?
0: Uh, I don't know, righty?
1: He's a right yes, yes, a right-handed bat. <laughs> they they need they, they needed. I'm surprised you didn't get that right away, but no, they they needed a right-handed bat in the outfield. It, it almost feels like a Chris Young kind of signing, but I think it's going to be a little better. For some reason, I think Pilar's going to be better. Except Chris Young had that year where he was on an absolute tear. Oh yeah, especially against lefties, which is what he was brought in to do. Hit left yeah. pitching, like he was just on an absolute tear, like you said. So, I, but I don't know, Pilar. I think I think he fits into this Red Sox mold pretty well.
0: Well, especially because we're just kind of looking for fun because this team's not gonna do anything this year. Uh, hey, don't be so sure. They'll be good, but they're not gonna be. I you finished third this year. That's my predict. We're gonna talk. We're gonna have a whole MLB preview show at some point. But third place, that's my thoughts on this team right now. Because Tampa Bay, I don't know why, but they're a wagon now every year, and they've got a farm system. They've got the they've got cheap talent at the top. They've got my man Tyler Glass now, who I want the Red Sox to figure out how to bring over here.
1: It's called pitching quags. That's what they have. That's the one thing they have over this Red Sox team.
0: It's Tight end Greg Olson and the Seahawks have a deal, sending that old-ass tight end to the Seahawks on a one-year deal, $7 million. The commissioner, which we're going to talk about, of the MLB, has a gaggle of players who went off on him this week. And they were specifically pissed about the way that he handled the press conference and also specifically pissed off... About the lack of punishments, how many of them feel, given to the Houston Astros players who were involved in, I don't know if you guys have heard, massive cheating scandal. Wait, what? I'm
1: sorry, what?
0: There's a big cheating scandal going on. Oh. In Houston. Tell me more. I I don't want to have to go, you know, it's a long, trash cans involved, cameras. uh, Red Sox manager, you might have noticed he's gone. He was involved there. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me. That a trash can was involved? There was a trash can involved. That's that's bananas. Trash cans, TV monitors, the whole thing. Wow. Even just, so, so, Ron Manfred had Mike Trout speaking out, which Mike Trout doesn't say a damn thing. Yeah, he doesn't say boo. Having Mike Trout come after you is bad news. Uh, then you've got also Cody Bellinger who's calling you out saying that they're I forget the exact words that Cody Bellinger had, but Cody Bellinger clearly very much pissed off. And then even another guy who doesn't talk much, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, who is, I like I say it all the time, Aaron Judge is like the one Yankee that I can't even try to dislike. The guy, he just seems like a good dude, Aaron Judge. And he doesn't talk much. He doesn't say things that really dig, I guess. Or things that really ever drum up controversy, but he was asked today about whether or not he thinks the Astros should be stripped of their World Series, and he had this to say about that.
1: I took it down like right when I think the story broke out, right when I think Mike Fires came out and talked with the Athletic and stated that you now this is what was going on in '17, you know. And once I heard that, you know, I just it's just sick to my stomach. You know, just to find out, you know, you got a lot, I got, had a lot of respect, you know, for those guys and, you know, what they did and, you know, especially, you know, what they did for the city of Houston and that whole organization, man, a team that was in last place and drafted right, got the right players in there and, you know, eventually, you know, got to the World Series, you know, I had a lot of respect for them, you know, the way they played, what they did and then to find out that, you know, it was, it wasn't earned, it was, they cheated, you know, that didn't sit well with me and I just didn't feel like the post, the post that I did really, you know meant the same anymore
0: so that was more about how he feels about the entire cheating scandal he also said that he didn't say that they should be stripped of their world series title but he did say that it doesn't mean the same thing anymore it doesn't mean anything because they cheated to do it which Mm. i mean
1: he's he's right He's got a point, but it's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna give the Dodgers the 2017 title? Like, are you just gonna say, okay, two or three years later, here it you go. It never
0: happened. It exactly. never happened. That's what you just gotta you just have to dump it. Like this, it's a waste of a season. If you are Rob Manfred, and I like I don't care. I really don't care that they let the Dodgers hold on to the World Series title. It doesn't matter to me. I don't think taking it away would have done anything. But at the same time, if you did take it away, it makes sense because they did cheat to do this. You talked to Mike Trout, who also, had, who, like I said, had something to say about this whole situation. And he said it would be fun if he knew each pitch that was coming. Imagine if Mike Trout knew every pitch that was coming his way. Oh, my. He would hit about 500 with at least, what, 45 home runs a season with at least oh, 130 45. RBIs? More than 45. He probably hit 60 there are so many people who, and I've had this, I've had this discussion so many times who were like, okay, but you still have to hit the ball. No, being a professional baseball player and knowing what pitch is coming in real time is a, it's an unreal advantage, especially when the other yep. team doesn't have that same, that same luxury. It's an unreal advantage. It's bullshit. They shouldn't, I don't think they should get it taken away, but I mean, if they did, I get it. But they're not going to do it. Did you uh, see um, Did you see Nick Marcakis' comments today? Yeah. What did he say? Basically, long story
1: short, Nick Marcakis came out and said that every guy in the Astros that cheated needs an ass beating for basically cheating at the game and defiling the game. Hey, listen. Nick Marcakis doesn't say much either. He sort of goes out and he hits his 260 and whatever. I mean, he wasn't all-star in Atlanta one year. But Nick Marcakis coming out and saying, you need to get your ass beat for this. That means that it really hit home for some of these other MLB players, so it's starting to get
0: uh starting to get pretty wild. Not even gonna lie. Well, it's I mean it should. Like they they took away a championship from another team and like guys like Cody Bellinger, I get why you're pissed. Yankees fans though, like, relax. There are so many Yankees fans who are acting like these guys oh. like actually actually did something horrific to the Yankees. Like, let's chill out for a second. The the the, the only thing I can give them a little bit of of a pass yeah. on is the judge
1: uh conversation for the judge mvp when altuve yeah, was I'll mvp that. Th- that's that's a pass because you know what like you said when you know a fastball is coming obviously your average is going to go up your power numbers are going to go up so maybe they do have a case there i will give them that
0: all right awful news for red sox fans today brock holt goes and signs with the milwaukee brewers tua is no longer projected to land with the dolphins which is good for patriots fans i think <laughs> Tua now projected to land with the Detroit Lions, and that piggybacks off of the rumor that they may be trading away Matthew Stafford. Interesting. Drew Brees is heading back to the Saints for his 20th season, posting on Instagram, quote, I look forward to the grind and the journey for the reward at the end will be worth it. And Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft has the Patriots drafting quarterback Jacob Eason out of Washington State in the first round. Who? Jacob Eason. He's good. No, I, I heard the name. I just I, – I I don't follow much college football, so no idea who he is. Not even going to, like, pretend that I know. He's got a cannon. That's all I really know. I, I mean, I don't know much about it either. But okay. he's got a cannon. Okay. Sweet. All right. That was it for the weekly dump. Pew. Let's talk about this. Tom Brady. There's really not much more you can really have about this discussion, but there is – there was a report that came out from Tommy Curran. It had to do with where the Patriots stand with Tom Brady, where Tom Brady stands with the Patriots currently. And it's it's it leads me to believe more and there are a lot of rumors right now that this guy that Brady is going to end up or or not going to end up, but there's there's strong rumors that the 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 Vegas Raiders are going to be a legitimate option for Tom Brady. Okay, but then when you look Through this article, where's the piece that I wanted to go with? So this is what he said. So where do things currently stand? After conversations over the past few days, this is my understanding of where things are. Negotiations will begin in a couple of weeks. I interpret that as during or immediately after the NFL Combine, which starts at about February 26th and concludes March 1st. By that time, Brady should have a back-channeled, should have back channeled his way to an understanding of what's out there. Last week, I wondered whether it was, an, it was whether it was advantageous for the Patriots if teams did make their pitch to Brady before legal tampering begins on March 16th. My understanding is that the Patriots aren't worried about other teams' financial pitches. Their businesses with Brady revolving around the direction of the 2020 offensive personnel, Brady getting some input on that, and Brady's role in the team's future. They aren't going to be super vigilant about tampering, which I think is very telling. Something worth noting is there is, a, there is very little rancor right now, which is bitterness. The situation is what it is. The, the two sides are going to work to make it work. Why they are here, what could have been done to avoid this, who's right, who's wrong, who's to blame, I'm not sensing it. So, now you look at Brady, look at the options on the table, and like I just said, the legal tampering part I think has a lot to do with this. So, generally, like the Patriots are pretty strict on the legal tampering period. Right, like they went after the Texans for talking to uh, Nick Assyria, which, yep. si- which is a different situation, but it's kind of like the same, I guess, I don't want to say vibe, but kind of the same thing. Now, I think the reason that that has weight is because if they're not worried about the legal, ta- the legal tampering thing, I think that says that the Patriots trust... That if Brady goes out there and Brady talks to talks to these other teams, there's not going to be anything out there that's going to really push him away from the Patriots, which I think is huge for the Patriots. I think it's I think it's big for the Patriots to let them do this, to let him do this, because again, if he goes out there, he sees that there's really not there's going to be a market for him. I mean, the Raiders are reportedly about to throw sixty million dollars over two years at him, which is huge. But Brady's one thing is winning. We talk about that all the time. And, and I think I've mentioned this before, and I think it was actually on this podcast, too. If you go to the
1: Raiders, okay, not only do you have to go up against – I mean, just just look at the divisional schedule that you have to go up against. You have to go up against the Chiefs twice. You have to go up, up against Denver twice. Those two teams right there, Chiefs, I don't know if you've heard Quags, but uh, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Patty Mahomes is uh, kind of a stud. Yeah. And I, actually, not even kind of. He is a stud. You have yeah, the Denver Broncos, who Brady statistically has the worst amount of success against, yeah, I think he has a losing record in Denver. And and then you got the Chargers, who you know, I know that Philip Rivers is gone. I get that, but they still have pieces in place too. So you really want to go to that division and try to come out of that division in your last couple of years, when instead you can come back to the AFC East. The Patriots are gonna make moves. I mean, there are moves that can be made out there. You can sign AJ Green. You can sign a Hunter Henry. You can try if you want to get bold and trade a first-round pick. You can trade a first-round pick for an Odell Beckham or maybe even a Stephon Diggs who wants to leave Minnesota. Another rumor I just got from my podcast Legends Lingo co-host Fiesta literally said Diggs wants out and he wants out soon. So you have that route you can go. The point I'm trying to make is is that with Brady. You go back to the Patriots, and I'm not even saying this as a biased Patriot. I'm just saying this from a general perspective. That's your best chance to win. Like, that is your best chance to go back to the Super Bowl. I don't know why you would, uh, yeah, I get the money, but you, get, you start over, new system, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. It, it's uh, just stick with what you're comfortable with. Give it another shot for a couple of years and see if you can bring home another Super Bowl. Try to bring home
0: number seven. Well, that's it. And we've talked about that a bunch of times on the show. It's, Tom Brady is the Patriots' best chance to win a Super Bowl, and it's not even close, especially right now because you don't have another backup plan. So if you bring back Brady, I think Brady will come back. And that and that also goes with another part of Tommy Curran's reports. It's that Brady and the Patriots were both pissed about that report that came out with the $30 million. Brady's side is pissed because that kind of misses his point. He's not really doing this for the money. He never has. He wants to win. So that misses his point if they're willing to pay over $30 million. And the Patriots, I mean, you don't want that to get out there. You don't want that to get out there before negotiations start. No. So because of that, like you look at you look at Tom Brady and you look at what he wants, what he's always wanted, and he just wants those weapons, especially after what happened last year. So Brady will take less money. Brady's not going to take $30 million. I think Brady in the end will come back to the Patriots. He'll take less than $30 million just as long as you put weapons around him. And they have to, and the Patriots are doing that. Tommy Curran, what he's, did what he say? Tommy Curran basically said that the Patriots are, the team is plotting a course for adding players that fit Brady's strengths to help on offense, whether through free agency or trade. Those players, tight ends, wide receivers. You make a trade for a guy like Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs on a new contract. You have him for a couple of years. You've got Sanu coming back. You've got Julian Edelman. Hunter Henry is a free agent. Hunter Henry had a torn ACL in, in 2018, and he missed four games in 2019. He's not going to be that expensive. He's a talented tight end that you could bring in on this team. And especially with the
1: tight end production you had last That's year. They, matters. they were close to the bottom for tight end production. I think they might have been even last in the NFL in tight end production. So it's like you just said. You could bring in Hunter Henry on a cheap contract. Why not do it? Why not go out besides the tight ends? Why not go out and get a guy like AJ green that was injured pretty much all of 2019 is going to be cheap. These guys can help.
0: The, the guys that you need to bring in really. Yeah. Like, like you said, they're not going to be crazy. It's not going to be anything. That's really going to, I don't know. What's the word. It's not anything that's going to really break the bank. I know that's not the yeah. word you're looking okay, for, yeah. but, but, like, but think about it too, Quags. Even
1: if you, let's just say you hypothetically trade a first round pick for Odell
0: or Diggs. I mean, I know it's a first round pick, I understand that. Stephon Diggs is the only one that I'm trading a first round draft pick for. If you go out and get a guy like A.J. Green, the guy's been hurt, the guy's been banged up. You're going to have to trade a high draft pick for him. Then or no, no, he's a free agent.
1: No, he's a free agent. That's what I'm saying. He's a free agent. Go out and sign him cheap. Oh, you wouldn't want Odell
0: for a first round pick? I wouldn't because the guy has a, the guys. Odell Beckham Jr. to me doesn't seem like a legitimate winner. Safan Diggs does. Oh, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's on two teams now. Where if you have to ask your way out of two teams, in especially the second team, you thought that there was going to be a legitimate chance. Maybe you're part of the problem. You could be, but you could be, but on the flip side of that, you're on the Giants. Who, I
1: mean, you take a look at the Giants now. The Giants are, I'm sorry, but they are a dumpster fire in the NFC East. And you got the Browns. That listen, I was on the Browns hype train last year. I thought they were going to go over 500, but they finished six and ten. People picked them for a Super Bowl. I know, but it's like, how much of it? I'm not saying it's Odell's not a part of it, but how much can you really
0: throw on Odell for that, especially the year in Cleveland? That's true. But I just don't know if I'm paying. And in, in, he has a pretty big salary, actually. It was it? was front loaded, wasn't it? Let's take a look. Let's see if I can find it on track real quick. But but yeah, I mean, either way, I just don't know if I want to spend a. First, the guy is wildly talented. He's a great wide receiver. I just don't know if his mentality fits with what the Patriots do, with what Bill Belichick wants in a receiver. The Bill Belichick just wants straight straight winners. That's what he wants. He wants guys who are gonna do everything they can to win. And I think Odell Beckham cares more about himself, his image, the media, than he does about winning. And that's not what the Patriots do. But Stefan Diggs, I think if you gave up that first round pick, you have a guy right there who could be that top target for Brady. You add in Hunter Henry, this team's a wagon again.
1: So Odell in 2020 is gonna get 14 million. Uh 14.5 in 2021. And then 13-7-5.
0: Uh, now, what, in... about, what about Stephon Diggs, too? Let me, see, let me see if I can get Diggs up real quick. Keep talking. Stephon Diggs, I think, is a couple years less than that. But I, th- I love Stephon Diggs. The guy is th- That guy, wildly talented. And I think he would be a great fit here for the Patriots. And he wants to win. You get his ass here. And you win football games with Stephon Diggs. And again, you add a guy like Hunter Henry, and now next thing you know, you've got Brady for less than thirty million dollars. Because there's no way the Patriots are gonna sign Brady for thirty million dollars. But I don't think there's also I I don't think Brady's going anywhere else. I think that is absurd. And I think it's I think it's like an I think it's an overblown story. I
1: think so too. So for Diggs, ten point nine in twenty twenty and then eleven four from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three. And then he's an so unrestricted he's free agent twenty twenty four. A little bit, not by much, like two or three million, but a, but I, a little I, bit.
0: I think his I think his headspace, his attitude fits better with the Patriots than Odell's does, because I think Odell is bananas. Yeah, no, that's it, it's fair, but if if he's the only legit... <laughs> yeah, it's fair. No, it's it's, it's
1: very fair. It's very fair, <laughs> but if it's but if you can get him, maybe if it's not a first round pick, maybe if you can let it up a second or third or something like that, then. You're starting to get somewhere, but obviously the Browns are gonna ask for a first yeah. if they were to trade Odell. I understand that.
0: Yeah. Dude, my but. phone, my phone keeps on something's going on, on my phone right now. My phone might be breaking, and I'm getting pissed. Because I'm trying to read, I'm trying to read an article from Twitter on my phone, and nothing is opening up on my phone right now.
1: Don't you hate that? Phones are the worst. So like, I would have a very
0: I would have a very relevant article up right now, but I just can't pull it up. So first I'd your, have, first your Skype, now your phone. Oh, Skype last week. But again, that's why we got in the studio. That's yes. why we got in the studio, baby.
1: Okay, okay. Listen, don't throw that in my face because I'm just gonna be mad about that now. You're gonna you're gonna get me angry.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go into this whole Mookie Bet situation. This is this is our thing. This is our wheeled house. Red Sox baseball. The Red Sox PR right now is insane. I don't I don't know what they're doing. I don't. They can't. I mean, like you're this week, you're making comments about what? what's the guy Stan Musial, Musial, Stan Musial. Why is John Henry bringing him up? Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but
1: didn't I'm not sure. Was it Sam Kennedy that brought up this? Oh no, it was hot. no, it was
0: Bloom. It was Bloom that brought up. It was similar to like the Nomar trade, no four. Nomar two I have here. That, that was is crazy. Uh... But why is but oh, I'm stuck on Stan Musial. Why is John Henry bringing that guy up now? Because he wants to bring up a
1: baseball figure back in his day, so he sounds like he should actually be you know running this team when realistically he should sell the team and focus on Liverpool because soccer is his
0: first love. You want to win back the fan base. You don't bring up a guy from the way early 20th century. You just don't do that. And you also don't bring up Nomar because they were two wildly different circumstances. We love Nomar. Nomar was great, but Nomar was hurt all the time. We knew that. And trading him at that point did make sense. He was also 30. Mookie Betts is one of the, and, and, Wasn't Omar in the last year of his deal too? I think he was. The well, so was Mookie. But the Red Sox, the Red Sox, I'm totally fine with the trade. I really am. I know a lot of people aren't. Me, I am too. Kind of in the same boat. Like it makes sense, and I understand why they did it from a baseball perspective. Because you can still bring. You opened up plenty of room to sign Mookie Betts back next season. You did. did. You, yep. see, you open up that room to do it. You open up that room. So next season, you have the money to sign a big free agent. One of the big free agents on the market, the marquee free agent on the market is Mookie Betts. <laughs> you have the room to do it now. And you're uh. paying for the luxury taxes. If they, if Heimbloom does this, brings in Alex Verdugo, who we know as a sketchy character. He's a good baseball player. Very sketchy character though. And yep. Again, I wish we knew more about that situation. I really do. But unfortunately, we don't.
1: We only know like one side of the story.
0: If you go back and listen to the Kirk Minahan podcast and you listen to Nick Nick Francona's interview, Terry Francona's son. If you listen to Nick Nick Francona's interview, it does shed some light on it, which doesn't make – does not make Alex Verdugo look good. So rooting for Alex Verdugo is going to be tough for a lot of people. But you also did get Jeter Downs, too. Jeter Downs, who is going to probably be your second baseman of the future, and then you got like a backup catcher, which is whatever. Yeah, but Connor. The Red Wong Sox trade baseball wise, player wise, it works. It makes sense, and you can still sign Mookie Betts back this year. But my biggest problem is with all these press conferences; is they're still hammering away at the thought, at the 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 claim that this wasn't a salary dump. You this don't is- talk about getting under $208 million a million times and then trade your best player that's come through your farm system in years, in maybe 50 years, maybe since Yaz. You don't trade away your best prospect since Yaz. And what you're probably number two pitcher on your staff if it's not a salary dump.
1: So so here's a, here's a serious question. You might know this a little better than I do. Let's just say hypothetically, the Red Sox went out and only traded David Price. If they only traded David Price, do they
0: get under the luxury tax? So that's that's another problem with this. Is is they talk about David Price. And and they make it like David Price was like a throw-in. Like David Price I mean, is a it, former Cy Young Award winner. It's a salary dump because you traded Mookie Betts in order to also dump David Price, because you're not gonna dump David Price or at least as much money as you did off of his contract without adding on somebody like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was the sales point of this trade. It's, it's, I have no words. Like, you can't trade
1: your franchise player. Yes, we've talked about this several times on this podcast and other podcasts, other platforms. We know Mookie Betts was going to be a free agent. We know he's going to take the money whoever gives him the most money. But if you just sort of met him in the middle, like I think the Red Sox offered like 10 for 300, Mookie wanted 12 for 420, meet right in the middle, go 11 for 360. That's about 3250 per- is perfect. Ten three fifty. is even 10 350 saw. is fine. Give him 30 35 million a year. It's amazing to me that for a franchise that has been saying, we want to be competitive. We don't care about luxury tax. But then on the flip side, they're like, well, we need to get under the luxury tax. Otherwise, we get these penalties. And it's like,
0: it, it it's it's confusing. It really is. It's confusing in the sense well, because that- Because they've gone back and forth on, on, on whether or not it's a, it's a salary dump, whether or not they really do want to get under that $208 million, and whether or not it's a baseball reason why they dumped Mookie Betts. Again, you don't dump Mookie bets unless you think that it's going to help you salary-wise. Which th- the salary and the luxury tax, you cannot tell me was not their number one motive this season, this off-season. Did you, did you it's see? It's all the, we heard about. Did you see the latest report that
1: came out today about what? About the Red Sox and who they're still interested in pursuing. Will potential. Myers. I'm so like befuddled. If they pull the trigger, and I will put this on the record, if. They get Will Myers after all this craziness. I will not watch the Red Sox this year. Like, no joke.
0: I will not watch a game. So I will Red Sox stats on Twitter posted like this this thing about how they could somehow get the AAV down to 3.5 million dollars. Which, if they can do that, great, fine. I don't know why they're still interested. The only reason they're still interested is to get these prospects, because San Diego's got a phenomenal prospect system. They also but, want yeah. a pitcher too. They want a pitcher. They say Cal Quantrill is like the, would be the centerpiece in the deal that the Red Sox want. Which I guess wouldn't be a bad deal in the end. But if no. you if you can get it down to three point five million dollars, like I was saying, then great. But yeah, you well, don't. You don't. I don't want wait. Will Myers. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm, actually, now that I think about
1: it. The one player that would be in that deal for the Red Sox side would
0: be Jackie Bradley
1: Jr. because he's owed $11 million this year.
0: So that's the thing. If, if there's a deal made, I bet you it's Jackie Bradley who goes. And if Jackie
1: Bradley leaves, I'm probably going to be the happiest person alive. I'll t- Okay, I'm going to take back my statement a little bit. If they trade for Will Myers but get rid of Jackie Bradley, I will still watch this year because I can't stand Jackie Bradley. As and then much you, as you I- have
0: Jackie Bradley 2.0 just cheaper with Kevin Pillar.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, nobody—the thing is, nobody's saying every year that Kevin Pillar is going to take a step forward with his hitting. That's the thing. Every year in spring training, it's, oh my gosh, Jackie Bradley Jr. has this new swing every and he's going to be hitting year. consistent. Every, every single year single and man. every single year he hits 230. He has like one month where he hits like 280 and that brings his average up to 230 for the season.
0: Like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's insufferable. Right. It's, it's it's Jackie Bradley adjusted his swing this, this off season. Look at Jackie and then he hits a whole bunch in spring training. Everybody's like, Hell He's yes! It's Let's finally go. his time,
1: and it, it's never it's, his time.
0: It's the worst every single year because then he starts off the season going hitting for 180. You know,
1: I went on a, a different podcast, and I told them I hated Jackie Bradley, and they all thought that I was, like, the worst person in the world. See, I don't it's, hate Jackie Bradley. I But I, I get it. I, I, I hate the offensive productivity of Jackie Bradley, if that makes sense. Love him in center field. Great arm. Obviously can read a ball. He, you know, the defensive runs saved is probably through the roof. Obviously, gold glove caliber center fielder. I love that Jackie Bradley. I hate, like I said, the offensive Jackie Bradley Jr. when he can't do anything except roll a ground ball over the second base.
0: Again, you brought in Kevin Pillar. Like that's which, what you like. You brought in Jackie Bradley, and in the end, like if they've been talking about this deal, they might have brought in Jackie Bradley for Jackie Bradley, the same guy. <laughs> they they hit about the exact same. Kevin Pillar is an amazing fielder. Jackie Bradley's getting paid eleven million dollars this year. Which Jackie, thanks for everything you've done, pal. But I don't want. I do not want the Red Sox paying Jackie Bradley eleven million dollars. Thank you for twenty eighteen in the ALCS and being the ALCS MVP. Yes. But. It's time to move on. Like,
1: go to the National League. Just just get off my baseball team from an offensive perspective, please.
0: But the Red Sox, back to the press conferences, just could not – they didn't get out of their own way. They didn't help themselves. Any, they didn't help anything. They didn't help a goddamn thing. And then they talked about the how ticket sales are down 15%. Red Sox uh, ownership the- does not understand one thing. And honestly, I've never been someone who's hated Red Sox ownership. I'm still not I know a lot of people do I just for whatever reason like they just they don't they just they don't bother me they've won for a World Series whatever I don't care they they screw up every once in a while but they don't understand that they do not have the fans on their side and when they see their team it's like it's a slap in, a lot of fans feel it like it's a slap in the face to have ticket prices go up 1.7 percent and then On the other side, minutes later, you trade your best player. You trade one of the best players in baseball. Your team gets worse, and this is after you don't make the playoffs and you raise ticket prices. And it's not like ticket prices have been cheap. (laughs) Ticket prices are some of the highest in baseball. And it's not
1: also like, you know, this is like the Padres or the White Sox or a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. This is a team that won a World Series the year before you missed the playoffs. And the year before you you won the World Series, you made it to the playoffs in two, two straight seasons, even though you got bounced. So it's like winning is expected in Boston, whether it's the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox. Winning is tradition. And the fact that you trade your best player and you're surprised at ticket sales going down that much, you either have to be a moron or you just have to be naive.
0: It's one of the two. We're at the point now where baseball is just – baseball is a dying sport. As somebody who loves baseball, it's a dying sport. They do not know how to bring in the young crowd. And trading away a player who is probably your most marketable player if you knew how to market your players is asinine for trying to grow the game. You've still got Xander Bogaerts. you still got J.D. Martinez, who I think is gone after this season. Agreed. Especially still with got the, Especially Devers. with the NLDH. The NLDH yes. rule 2021, he's gone. You'll lose you, – you still got Rafael Devers. You'll lose Brock Holt. There are so many things working against you right now. Actually, back to the JD thing for 1 second. Do you think that a team is going to pay more than 20 million a year
1: for JD Martinez?
0: Um for an NL team looking to make a splash probably. But who
1: would be that team? The
0: Braves, the Cardinals, like who would
1: be, who's a team right now that you think could use JD and still and have the 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 um the payroll space to be able to pay him? Uh, see, that's, that's the one thing that I think about. It's like, yeah, I'm with you. JD might be, you know, might be gone, but it's like, who would really pay more than 20 million a year to bring him on? Especially when he's San getting Francisco. into his 30s, San Francisco, but San Francisco right now is going through a rebuilding phase.
0: I know, but <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the stage that they're in with this rebuilding phase. So I'm thinking maybe because they, they've got the money, right? You got to bring in pop. You got to get the fan base back.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. It, it depends what Martinez would want. If I can, wants, tell you,
0: I can tell you it's not going to be the Cubs if the Cubs go out and get Nolan Arenado. I know, <laughs> I know. Um,
1: But with J.D., it's like you're in Boston. You have a realistic chance to win. Obviously, right now, we know they're struggling. We know, we get that. But it's like you're going to get the most money in Boston. You're If if what the Red Sox are saying is true and they go out and spend next offseason, try to get back into contending in the American league, then maybe that says to JD, all right, maybe I play out the last two years and then go from there. I mean, I don't know. It, it could go both ways, but I, I think I'm with you more in the sense. I think JD can be gone and I think he more than likely will be gone, but should he be like from everything else
0: perspective? I don't know. All right. Move on from the Red Sox one, because that's going to be a topic, I'm sure, for weeks. Rob Manfred also just, we talked about this in the Weekly Dump a little bit. Rob Manfred, awful, awful. Rob Manfred, not a great week when it comes to his PR. Not a great week. Everybody's pissed at him. This was not a great thing to say when you want, I don't know if he wants to win back his players, but players are pissed off at him. And one thing that you should not tell these grown men to do right now, is to not retaliate against the team who's involved in one of the biggest cheating scandals in MLB history. <clears throat> that is I I mean I don't I don't know what this guy's thinking. I really don't. I, like this guy thought that telling fan telling players don't retaliate is crazy. I'm trying to find the piece right now. Okay, so here it is. So these were his comments after, or on Cody Bellinger, Alex Correa comments, possibility of pitches being thrown at Astros players. This is from SNY.TV. Quote, I think that the back and forth that's gone on is not healthy. I met with half the managers, the Florida contingent. Before I came out to speak, I'll meet with the other half in Arizona. I hope, I hope that I made extremely clear that to, to them that retaliation in game by throwing a, at a batter intentionally will not be tolerated. Whether it's Houston or anybody else, it's dangerous and it is not helpful to the situation. So Rob Manfred, you're telling me that you're not going to punish any of these players, but baseball has always been a game that polices itself. I mean, there's that, there's that video clip going around where Chris Sale thought that the Detroit Tigers, which they very well could have had a cameraman or somebody set up in center field that was relaying pitches, relaying tip pitches to the batters to somebody in the—I don't know who it was—but Victor Martinez at the plate, Chris Sale threw at Victor Martinez, and Victor Martinez was pissed. And Chris Sale pointed center field and was like, Dude, "Tell your like basically tell your fucking buddy out there in center field to get out of here." <laughs> so the game polices itself, and if you could just keep your mouth shut and just not say anything and just say that we've spoken to teams about it, if you left it at that, fine. But I'm, I'm convinced at this point that Rob Manfred just likes to hear himself talk because by saying that, you just piss off the players that are obviously already very much rattled about this entire Houston Astros situation. There are players who are out for blood, and to tell teams not to throw at them, I get it from a safety standpoint, but at the same time, you can't expect that. You can't,
1: but, but the thing is, so I'm not defending Manfred for what he said, because obviously not the best thing to say, especially given the severity of the situation, but you have to think about it like this. If teams take it into their own hands, like you said, policing themselves, which you're right in baseball, that usually happens. But think about this. Do you know what the over under is this year? I'm sure you saw it. The over under for eight and you- a half. Yeah, 83 and a half for Houston Astros hitters to get so, hit by, still to still get try hit to by it, a
0: pitch. I'm still trying to pull up this article on my phone. I can't do it. <laughs> and the only reason I can't, because I don't remember the title of it, and I didn't like it or anything, I saved it specifically on my phone, kind of. I liked it. I liked it on Twitter, or I had it pulled up on Twitter. I had it pulled up on Twitter, and Twitter won't let me open it now, which is probably gone because it killed the app. Ah, that's, so that's, that's, that's fantastic. But, but the thing is, right – if
1: you don't say something, you don't step in. Don't you think that every single game you're gonna see, you know, probably at least two or three dudes getting plumped? I mean, it's gonna like if you want to get it all out. But
0: that's why I think. But that's why I think just saying that we've spoken to teams sums it up right there. You're you're fine. You've talked to teams. Don't come out and say something like that because that's obviously gonna get the reaction that it did. That's what happens when you say something like that. I mean, and we have you have a guy like Josh Turner. I don't even think I read his quote. He said, Justin Turner, I mean, Josh Turner's a country singer. Justin <laughs> Turner, for him to devalue the World Series trophy the way he did yesterday just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. At this point, the only thing devaluing the trophy is that it says commissioner on it. The, he the, has players pissed off. The funniest part about all this is we thought Roger Goodell
1: was the worst commissioner of his respective sport. Rob Manford literally said, hold my beer, and I'll show you who the worst commissioner really is by saying it. But, again, you know what? Honestly, if you're a competitive pitcher in the MLB and now you know that the Astros can't use the buzzers and the trash cans and everything else, just go out and beat them. Like, won't it piss them off more? Like, it might sound like a wussy answer, but just wouldn't it be better to just go out and beat them? Yeah. Go sweep them in a three- or four-game series?
0: It's going to be wild. I got to hear more quotes, but I mean, he's already backtracked on some things. Guys, before we wrap up the show, guys, this is your public service announcement, also known as your pubic service announcement. (laughs) After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. That means of all time. That means after every single ball hair trimmer that's ever been made, this one is the best. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago and we are the first to confirm the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. This third generation manscaped trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaped accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free. Thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Guys, we've all been talking about manscaped for a while now here on this podcast. We've all had our own accidents. I talked about this on the last show when I was younger. I thought you had to snip snip. I thought you had to use scissors one time, slipped a little bit, cut something, cut something I did not want to cut. This prevents that. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. When I tell you guys this is premium, I mean fucking premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. And if you are shaving for 90 minutes, you got a hell of a problem down there as it is. But I mean, if you need to shave for 90 minutes, guys, you've got that option. You've also got the option of the new cool LED light that zoom, it magnifies in. It lets you see everything that you're doing down there. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke trademark technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me talk right now, which you obviously are, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, baby. Get 20% off free shipping with the code COUCHGUYS, C-O-U-C-H-G-U-Y at manscaped.com. No spaces. And as always, guys, your balls are going to look up at you. They're going to be like, thanks. They're going to be like, thanks, Al. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using promo code COUCHGUY. I will say I do have some of their products. The,
1: the razor's amazing, but underrated the shampoo that they actually
0: gave us too. The shampoo the, actually is... Everything Everything I got in this product, in, in, in the bag, I, I've been happy with. From the it's ball it's- deodorant to the trimmer. Everything's see, been great. See, Guys, I, I didn't right get up. the deo- I didn't get the deodorant. That's it. That's that it's might be phenomenal. Nasty. It's great. It's great. Guys, go <laughs> out and get it. That's it for the show. What a hell of a show. A lot of energy. A lot of anger. Big week. Let's get Huge. back next week. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll be back out in that studio. I
1: would love to be in that studio. Sounds like a great time.
0: Wrap it up. Couch Guy Sports Podcast. 144 in the books. Guys, follow us on everything. Couch Guy Podcast. On Twitter, follow us. Follow Al. What's, what's, your twiddle? what's your Twitter? At Big Al
1: 2793. Check out all the podcasts. Obviously, this one, Into the Triangle.
0: Myself, Jared scally Legends Lingo, the new Lingo couch guy. Podcast. New Al couch, couch guy. guy. Podcast Network. Legends Lingo Podcast. Go check it out. It's a great show. Hosted by Al, his buddy Chowder. Spanish Party. You got them all. <laughs> Legends Lingo Podcast. Sorry, Powder. <laughs> That's out podcast. 145 of the books, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. See you Thanks later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And if you haven't rated or subscribed this show yet, then you're a big dummy. Do it right, now. And do it right now. Peace. <laughs>